you're listening to the Put Your Passion to Work podcast, where together we seek to gather inspiration, motivation, along with tangible tips to start and scale your coaching business. I'm your host, Michelle Marie, mindset and business coach. With over 18 years of business experience, you and I are going to transform your passion of helping others so you too can create a profitable coaching business. Let's have some fun while we build your biz starting right now. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Put Your Passion to Work podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Marie, and in today's episode, I get to interview another amazing human friend and coach by the name of Adita from aditacoaches.com. Adita has a really special place in my heart as you will find out when this interview begins, but she is a professionally trained coach and supports her clients in finding their inner voice and trusting it. Her passion is helping women find confidence through using their intuition so they can live thrilling and fulfilled lives by their own definition of the word success and helps them support the lives they want and their dreams and help support those that they care for the most. So it's really powerful stuff. You're going to learn about what Adita feels is the most transformational change that she helps her clients achieve as well as things that we can all do starting today to help us start being that empowered, confident, and successful woman. Hi, Adita. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Woohoo! This has been a long time coming and I'm really excited to share you with my audience because as you know, I've been doing this Power of Coaching series and you, my friend, I don't know if you know this, but you were my very first coach. Oh, oh my God. I remember having that conversation, but I like completely forgot and everything kind of started to snowball from there. And it's so cool because that was like almost a year and a half ago. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was, that was the tail end, I would say, of my journey of self-discovery. And I remember you asking me, and I mentioned this in another episode, you asked me to sit with the idea of what it might look like for me to be a coach after conversations of kind of what I wanted to do. And I was trying to like find my something more. And I really attribute a lot of what I do today to you. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored. Awesome. So let's get started. I want to hear all about your journey, Adita, and how you've gotten started and what you do now. Because I know there's been a slight shift for you. You know, we're friends on Insta and all that. So I know there's been a slight shift for you since when we first worked together a year and a half ago. So can you kind of like onboard us and tell us where you're at now and how you got started? Yeah. So um, it's funny because a lot of my story, like I've been coaching now for four years. And um, the reason I got started was after doing a lot of um, sales, tech management, and all of that, I was managing a team of people and I loved it. But what I realized in that is that I actually prefer, like I cared more, it's not prefer, I just like cared more about the people I was managing than I did the bottom line of a company, which in theory is great, but in practice, when you're working for a corporation, Mm -hmm. it can become a little bit of a problem, right? Because my goals were to make my people as not happy per se, but as confident and empowered to grow their careers as possible versus keeping them in the place that was the best move for the company financially. Yeah, and the bottom line for the company. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when that started falling apart, that's when I first started to dip my toe into the idea of doing something else. And I had already changed careers 
at least one time because I don't know if you know this about me, but my degree is in accounting. I know it's just like crazy. Well, you're at Enneagram five. I remember that about you. So I feel like that might go with that kind of. It's yeah, we're very analytical and we can see all the different pieces. So it was great until I got really, really bored, but it's also very repetitive, which I like to learn new things. So accounting did not work out for me Mm. long term. Um, so I had already switched my career once and then I really enjoyed doing management and working with clients and having that interaction. And then when I kind of got in touch with the part of myself, that's like, oh my gosh, what really lights me on fire is watching people grow and focusing on that. So then I was about to go and, um, get my PhD in psychology. Wow. (laughs) And then I got a job offer at LinkedIn, which for me at the time was like the dream job and they moved me to Manhattan and this and that. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going back to school for eight years. And so I started to like look around and figure out what I wanted to do. And then I realized that one of my close friends was actually just certified as a life coach and she was working with me at LinkedIn and I like marched over to her desk and I'm like, you need to tell me your whole story and how I can do this because you're here I'm here. So that means it's possible for me too. Let's figure this out. Um, And this was also kind of spurred along because one of my close friends who she actually was the person who kind of got the wheel rolling with me for LinkedIn, um, she passed away from melanoma. And in her passing, you know, with all the heartbreak and all that, I'm just like, why am I wasting my time doing things that don't set me on fire that don't make me excited that don't like ignite my passion so to speak and so that's really what got the wheels turning for me was when that happened I'm like there's no reason to waste time like I could play it safe and and at the end of the day what's that going to do for me so that's kind of how I got into coaching and then when I first started coaching as you know like this is kind of only in the last year and a half that it's really shifted for me it was very formulaic like I was really doing things in accordance with exactly how I was taught. And because my confidence hadn't been built, I'm like, well, I have to do things the way that everyone else does them as a life coach in order to be successful. That is the only way I can do it. So the transformation, I think over the last year, year and a half for me has really been finding my own flavor of it, figuring out what is it that I actually love about life coaching and what does that mean for me? And, and that's kind of where I landed on this confidence piece because watching my clients unintentionally kind of grow into confidence and start doing the things that they want to do, like you creating your own business and starting to take the actions to do that. I've had other clients that, you know, they found relationships that actually make them happy and they're getting engaged and married and having babies and creating careers and starting all these businesses, and it's not because they grew in any um, skill set per se. It's more because they're just like, oh, this is actually, I, I deserve to feel like I'm doing something that's amazing with my life or that makes me happy or that fulfills me versus just settling for the guy that likes me enough or the business that, you know, just brings in enough money, but it's safe, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's kind of like, how I got to where I am. And now I just like that part makes me so happy and it's still a growth for me too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important for you, Adita, to take the time to share your journey because hello, we never have this straight line to success or to our higher fulfillment of what we're doing. It's like we 
lived so long right out of high school chasing someone else's definite definition of success or maybe it is your own but then it changes and instead of most of us what we do is we stay the course well i'm already i've been here for x amount of years now and this was the job i really wanted and what else really is out there for me and how can i start over and it's really scary and especially when you become more established in life well now i have a mortgage i have kids to take care of you know i got real responsibility and bills and so you said something you were like i'm sick of playing it safe mm -hmm. and this led you here and so now it's my understanding that you are a coach full-time correct yep this is what i do for the last three years i've actually been coaching full-time so after i finished my um uh, coaching course, I actually left almost immediately after. I was going to stay at LinkedIn a little bit longer because of all companies, I will say it, it's an awesome company to work for, but my heart just wasn't in it. And I wasn't giving myself, I wasn't giving myself to my job at LinkedIn or to my business in a way that was moving me forward. So I'm like, I need to decide, am I, am I in this to build my corporate career or am I, in this to build my own company and I need to really pick and empower one of them because I am not, I don't have one of those personalities and some people can totally do this mm -hmm. where they can divide their time and kind of compartmentalize and pick one over the other. And I, that is just not how I function. So it was, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I need to make a decision and I need to see where I want to put all my energy. And I chose um, coaching, which is by far like coming off a, and, and you know as well, cause you've had a great corporate career. It's like coming out of a corporate career. There was so, it was so unsafe. All of the, the perks and the benefits and the steady paycheck and this and that, like all gone, all gone <laughs> overnight, right? Like no matter how much I prepped for it, I couldn't make up for that. Um, uh, just that, that security blanket that I had gotten used to in a sense. Right. And so that was a big leap of faith to be like, oh, I'm going to freak out. And I did. I mean, I woke up with like heart palpitations in the middle of the night after I made this decision and, and being like, it, it's still worth it because that is safe and comfortable, but it's actually not, but it's not, what is the word? Like, it's not exciting and it's not, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't fulfill me. It's like, it keeps me safe. It keeps me in my comfort zone. It doesn't challenge me. It doesn't grow me. It doesn't make me want to, you know, cry and laugh at the same time. Exactly. Really yeah. what I'm going You're for. You're such a coach and how you talk and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just, we're so always on this continuous personal growth journey because we're helping others extend it and it's just in our face and we're constantly doing it even if we don't really know it. Mm -hmm. And I think so many listeners are probably on that other side of the leap of faith where she's scared, she knows in her heart she wants to do something more, or the path that she's taken isn't the correct path anymore, and she wants to pivot or change or even just take that big jump, but she hasn't. She's at the edge staring down. Do you feel like you've made it to the other side, or are you still making it work, or have you achieved a certain level of success by your new definition? Yeah, so I definitely, that's an interesting question because one of the things I really believe is that this is a, this is not a journey that you get to the other side and you stop. So do I think I'm like on the other side of 
what I define as success, which is fulfillment and joy and also security and a foundation, right? Because we can't have yeah. fulfillment and joy if we aren't able to pay our bills and put food on the table and, you know, have our basic needs met. So I definitely think that those things are important. And I'm definitely on the other side as well of like knowing that making more money to make sure that I have food on the table forever. Yes. It's not going to be the thing that's going to <laughs> actually make me happy. Right. Uh, so there's so many other things. And I, now my definition of success is like having a solid foundation, but also doing the things that make me happy, being surrounded by the people that challenge me in positive ways, who support me, who support my healing, my growth and all of that. And that's exactly what I work on with clients. And the funny thing about that is so much of it is a story about worthiness. Do we get to have that? Like, am I um, worthy of having people in my life that really support me and are there for me versus, well, I have all these people in my life. Sometimes they're, they're energy vampires or they're mean to me or they don't support a thing I do and they're constantly undermining me, but at least they love me, right? So it, <laughs> yeah. it's like an interesting um, conversation and a thought process change as we figure out what the definition of success is. It's not just having people. It's not just having money. It's not just having quote unquote success. It's actually about having that in a way that's aligned with our values that brings our life up in absolutely, the world. And absolutely. Not. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you know this or not, but at that time and transition of my life and that journey I was in, you were that person for me. You were a point of support. You were that unbiased person outside of my inner circle of my life that kind of helped me see things and put things into perspective. And I wanted to touch on a couple of those things today. One, because I think you're awesome. And if someone is looking for the same type of transformation, I want them to consider working with you. And two, because we don't even realize this. So I know you fall under the umbrella of air quotes, life coach, mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that. And we don't walk around in life. I didn't walk around and be like, you know what? I need a life coach today. And then I found you. I had this problem and this problem was I need to find out why I'm feeling this way and what I need to do about it. As far as I've checked all the boxes, I'm successful, but why am I feeling like so unfulfilled in my heart and soul? And hence, I'm a coach and yeah. I found that. So somebody is walking around right now and she doesn't want life coaching, but she wants fill in the blank. So what is that that you do for her? And what is that missing piece? And kind of how do you help her find it? Yeah, well, what happens for women, especially, I mean, this happens for men too, obviously, but I think for women, because of the culture we live in, so oftentimes they convince themselves that the things in our head that are true, or I'm sorry, that the fears and social conditioning in our head are the truth about who we are, right? So things like thinking I'm too much, I shouldn't be talking about my business or my career everywhere. People will know I'm greedy or pushy or desperate, right? If I talk about it all the time, or, you know, I really want to help moms, but my only skills are helping tech people that made me think of you, right? So I'll stick with just that because it's actually safe and, and, you know, I won't look like a fool or, you know, I must, this other person must know something or have a secret to be so confident about her life or her business or her right. relationship. But not for me. That's, 
she made it and that's not for me. It's not for everyone type of thing. So I'm hearing confidence and mm -hmm. the woman who knows she probably could use a dose of confidence and kind of battle that maybe imposter syndrome that you feel if you are a coach right now and you're like, can I do this? But really for someone who's not a coach, she just needs the confidence to put one foot in front of the other to take that next step to maybe make a change that leads to a major change. And so what kind of things do you do to help her with that transformation? And what kinds of success stories do you think that you've had with your clients? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I feel like there's like three questions in there. So the things <laughs> that we do, because <laughs> you're absolutely right. Most women that come to me, they know already that they are holding themselves back, that they're keeping themselves small, that they're, they have big dreams and they want to do them, but they just, and they know how, they just don't have it in them to do it um, for whatever reason. And they're like, how do I change that? How do I fix that? So, you know, we start really, really basic. We start with self-care because one of the things, so I'll, I'll back up, like to me, confidence encompasses self-care. It encompasses mindset, and then we add in growth and relationships. So all of those things are really important in cultivating confidence and growing it. And so one of the things I always start with is self-care. And this, I think, bugs the crap out of most of my clients. <laughs> self-care is such a trendy idea these days. And the thing that I really go into with my clients is like, I'm not talking about pampering. I mean, if you can go get massages every week and do all that, please do, right? It, all of that stuff is important. I'm just talking about basic foundations. I cannot tell you how many women come to me and they're like, I don't know how to get my mindset to shift. I don't know how to be confident. I don't know how to embrace my skills and really trust in myself. And it's like, how's your sleep? And they're like, well, I'm sleeping like five or six hours a night. It's like, yeah, okay. Step one, seven, yeah. eight hours. Yeah. I remember us having that conversation and I, I was struggling with exercising, which is what I love to do. It was, it was like, and is like my therapy yet I was putting that last. And now year and a half later, after making it a habit for weeks and months, I can confidently say I put myself first and I exercise four times a week on average, give or take. Yeah. And it's, why was that so hard for so long? I knew it, but I didn't do it. Why are we like this? <laughs> well, you know, it's because we're taught that what matters for women, it's twofold because as a society overall, we're taught that our goals should be lose weight and make more money, period. Like as an overall society. And then as women also do those things, plus, you know, be the perfect balance of mom, wife, friend, daughter and anything else, right? Like women yeah. and having it all is like this thing that we all aspire to, which I think is a really slippery slope because for a lot of people, they take that to mean that I should be able to do all the things with a smile on my face and look perfect doing it all the time. So and do it perfect. Exactly. And so when we get caught up in that spiral, it's exhausting because nothing we do is good enough because we're judging ourselves against this um, belief that we're supposed to be everything and anything, plus that we're always supposed to be making more money and getting thinner. So, you know, and then suddenly, and then we wonder why. Yeah. So 
it's, it's just so easy. We're surrounded by this message that what we're doing is never good enough and that there is a way to have it all without feeling things. <laughs> yeah. So what's the first step? So if someone's listening and she's resonating with this and she's like, wow, I need to take a really good hard look at my life and all areas and those pillars that you mentioned, where does she start? How can she start to take back control and, you know, still do the things that matter, but let go of that perfectionism and also kind of gain the confidence. Like what is step number one? And let's say she is sleeping, you know, seven to eight hours a night. What's next? Yep. Um, so I think step number one, if your sleep is good, then the next thing to do is really make sure that there is movement and nourishment. And so what that means is like, if you're hungry, eat and eat what makes you feel good, right? Like don't eat things. If you're celiac, please don't eat gluten, etc. Mm -hmm. But also don't ignore all your cravings and to move, like move your body. And that could mean a hundred different things. Like for some, it's actually working out, going to the gym. For some, it's stretches and yoga. For some, it's taking a walk, maybe adding another walk in, but you're moving your body for 30 minutes a day in some fashion that feels good to you. So those are kind of the basics of self-care. Once those things are starting to be worked on and are top of mind, because by the way, they're never perfect. But then the next thing is mindset. And so once our self-care, and I want to like, I know I keep going back to this, but I want to stress the importance that if you, your self-care is out, if your sleep, movement, nourishment, and like foundational security are out, everything else I say after this, it's not going to move the needle or it will move the needle such a tiny amount that ultimately you're going to feel like you're failing at these things. So I can't stress enough the importance and the foundation of self-care just in those four things because everything else becomes kind of like like trying to you know write an opera on top of a rock band or drink from a fire hose thank you <laughs> yes, that's a better analogy i like that because we're sitting here talking about really simple things that's like an a moment i picture my husband editing this and being like what do these women talk about and do all day like hello of course we have to sleep and eat this is basic but it's such a struggle. I can't even explain it yes. in this very moment, but it's something that we as women struggle with. We don't mean to put ourselves last. It just happens. And then we wonder years later, like we become that mom that mm -hmm. hasn't bought a new outfit in months. Whereas in her twenties, I'm talking about me used to go <laughs> shopping all the time. Do you know what I mean? So yes. it's so important to stress that. And yeah, self-care it's a buzzword. Mindset is a buzzword, but they're so important. And that's why I think we continue to use them. We wouldn't be using these words if they weren't so dang important. And yeah. I really love the self-care. And so I think to a good exercise and something I've done is I write down things that make me happy, that light me up, that give me energy in my day-to-day -day life. And like you said, there's a spectrum. It's not go to the spa every week. That's not super realistic for most women in their lives, busy moms, et cetera. But what I can do is take five minutes and breathe or have an alone time or read a book or watch a Netflix episode and not feel guilty about it. Yes. And if you do feel guilty, then being like, okay, well, the guilt is actually because I've been told all these things that aren't true. So even though I feel guilty, I know that this is what I need right now. And I think that's step one for so many people, especially women, is like trying to make the guilt go away 
is its own can of worms and slippery slope and it does go away. It just, it doesn't go away Im immediately. And so being like, okay, even though I feel guilty, I actually do know that this is what I need. So I'm going to choose to do the thing that I need, even though I'm feeling guilty while I'm doing it. And that oftentimes right there is the thing that'll alleviate some of that guilt and start moving people in, and women into their own um, power. Absolutely. And I think too, I'm a proponent of journaling. I don't do it on the regular, but I think when things are bubbling up inside of me, I have to just like angry write. Yes. <laughs> and I angry write and then I'll like, I've literally thrown my journal across the bedroom before and I'm like, ah, and haven't looked at it months. And then I'll come back to it someday when I'm cleaning and it's in the corner. And I'm like, oh yeah, this journal. And, and I look back and see how I was feeling and how I've grown since then, or maybe how I need to do it again. So yeah. I think that's also just my two senses. Journaling has been important, but don't put the pressure on yourself to like journal every day. Now I just have to journal five minutes a day and uh, that's a lot, but journal when you feel aligned to journaling and go from there. And again, like you said, allow yourself to do the things without the guilt and recognize why I might be feeling guilty and take steps towards alleviating that guilt or any negative emotion, right? Yeah. Well, and that's a big piece of the mindset portion is it's such a tightrope of to shift your mindset. It's not about perfection. It takes baby steps to your point, right? Like, okay, journaling is a helpful thing. One of the things I really love to do for mindset is once we figure out all of the fake stories that people have about themselves, because so many women, you know, feeling like, oh, I only got to this point in my life because I'm lucky or because I, you know, fooled people into thinking I could do this or it was just a mm -hmm. fluke or whatever. So we, we kind of identify all those things. And then we start to identify all the things that help them work those out and remind them of the fact that they're not true. So journaling is a great one. Um, I like sometimes it's punching a pillow or screaming into a pillow. Sometimes it's yoga. Sometimes it's therapy. Sometimes it's all of those things in different fashions. So we start this list of things that help get them connected to the fact that these stories are not true and start moving them into the stories that are true about them. But it's a toolbox. So we're not going to use a hammer for every single thing that comes up, right? Sometimes we need pliers. Sometimes we need a screwdriver. So like journaling is just one tool. And I think so many women are like, well, if I journal and I meditate and I do yoga and I do this every single day perfectly, then everything will change. No. Right. Right. Not at oh all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So powerful. So much pressure. <laughs> I love it. So powerful. So Adita, if someone wants to work with you, you know, where can we find you? Where you like to hang out online? Can you share with us um, where we can find you to work with you? Yes. So two things. I'm always on Instagram and I'm all, I also have a Facebook group called the confidence collective. And that is where I actually spend most of my time. And that is where I'm going to be every single day. I'm um, focusing on that group. So putting all my content in there. And I really want to get that audience connected to their own power and to start the year off in a way that's very positive and on the right foot, not just a bunch of resolutions that are supposed to change their lives forever. Cause that's not how it works but like that are going to empower their year to move forward in a positive goal oriented, but also soul nurturing way. Yeah. Anyone who really wants to understand what coaching is about specifically what I do with confidence and how 
I use it to um, help people reach their goals and create lives that they want. That's where they can get Perfect. pretty much one-on-one right. -on -one insight into that. That's going to be like the first line. I love that confidence collective. We will definitely link all your info in the show notes. So you guys, you have to get in there. Adita is such a wonderful human friend coach. Um, she's so warm. Her energy is so positive. So really go in there. And I think the timing will be perfect for the new year. And the fact that you're giving so much time and information and knowledge inside this group is like, whoa, um, so amazing. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, I can't wait till you're on Oprah because you need to be. And I yes. feel like we could talk for hours. I just don't ever want to stop talking to you. So oh my gosh, thank thanks you. so, so much. And we look forward to seeing you grow and also seeing ourselves grow alongside each other. So thank oh. you so much. Thanks, Michelle. I had so much fun. <laughs> Hey, real quick before you go, if you are inspired by today's show and you learned something new, I want you to take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me at put your passion to work because together we can practice abundance, take inspired action and help motivate other passionate women just like us.